So before this episode begins, I just want to give a little bit of a disclaimer. There are some sensitive terms and topics that are talked about in this episode, those being the Indian term used for indigenous people, residential schools, abuse, trauma, so on and so forth. I do also want to say that the audio quality in this episode is not as good as it is in the other episodes, as my microphone was not working with me that day. I still hope that you learned something from this episode. I hope you take it and you really start to educate yourself on the indigenous issues that are in our world today. Anyway, that's all. Please enjoy the episode. Hi everyone, it is Status Teenage. Welcome to a welcome back. We're your co-hosts Olivia and Sophia. And today is going to be a little bit more of a serious talk- topic, actually a lot more serious, because today is um, the National Day for Truth and Reconciliation. As the day we are recording this. This will come out on Sunday, which means we will miss it a little bit. But um, the important the important thing is that we're ta- it's being talked about. Mm-hmm. It needs so. to be talked about. So, yeah. To give a basis behind what this day is about. Wait, can I give a little, like, pre-thing first? Yeah. Before we say anything, guys, this is, um, we are not, neither of us are indigenous. If you want the real story, you should go talk to indigenous people, go do your own research. And I don't mean that in a Republic w- Republican way. Mm-hmm. I mean that in a educate-yourself way. This is an important topic, and it needs to be heard by the people who are actually affected by it, rather than us. Obviously, we want to do what we can to spread um, awareness, but we are not the people you should be coming to for, like, first sources. We just hope that us talking about it will help you either, one, um, get become more interested and become more invested in it or two if you are indigenous i hope we allow you to feel a bit more heard if our if we come off as talking over you in any way um that is not our intention but we are here to help and we hope that we can do what we can and you should go out and do more research on your own I also do want to say that um, I hope that we use the correct terminology when talking about anything. If we did not say the correct terminology, please correct us for future reference. So don't be afraid to like tell us that a term is offensive. We will apologize and we will think, you know, fix it for the future because we don't want to be offensive at all. As much as this podcast is for fun, silly things, as well as slightly more serious things, but still lighthearted from a teenager's point of view, we do recognize that there are a lot of issues in this world, and um, they can't be brushed over. And if we want to make a change, even though we're teenagers, there is something we can do. We are the next generation, if you think about it. Like, we really are the next generation to make change. And although the adults have started it for us, we should continue it. Um, We should continue talking about it. We should talk about it every single year. Never forget about it. 
Um, not just that we shouldn't just talk about it today. We should talk about it as much as we can. Obviously, don't like run into the street and start, you know, but keep it in your mind when you're walking around in either Canada, the United States, anywhere that has been once populated by indigenous people and has now been colonized, recognize that this is like it's not your land, bestie. Yeah, this is the like- land you stand on was not your land. It is not anybody's land but the indigenous. We're going to be talking from the Canadian point of view because um, in school... We are Canadian. We are Canadian, yeah. And in school and um, the media that we're like exposed to, it's from the Canadian perspective. So I hope that we're correct about everything we try to share. We're not trying to, you know, give misinformation. But, yeah. We were lucky enough that we are able to learn about it in school. I mean, mm-hmm. our parents and a lot of our teachers Did uh, didn't learn about it until high school or university because our government, the government of Canada, wanted to cover it up, which is completely wrong. You and should definitely. It's good that we are able to learn it about it in school now. You should definitely own up to what you've done because I know that a lot of people view Canada as this like amazing country but like we have our faults as well whether that's the japanese concentration camp or that's the residential schools or the chinese workers there is so much that canada has done wrong and i hate to like i hate that people think that canada is just this like amazing country like you have to think about it um no country is perfect um canada was also one of those countries that was heavily influenced by the Christian religion, and I don't want to really bring religion into this, but that's the premise of residential schools. Yeah. So, I think we should talk about the history now, because um, although the history is very, very complex, I'm going to try to summarize it in a way that is that everybody can understand, because I still myself don't really understand it. But basically, the first regi- the first residential school that opened up was in 1831. Um, the person or the man, the leader, that thought of the idea of residential schools was John A. Macdonald. He was one of the prime ministers of Canada. And he basically thought that... If we brought together, as they called it, they called indigenous people back then Indian, and I'm not using that term throughout the podcast episode. I'm just saying that's what they were called back then. But he used it's to in the um, it's in the it's prescribed in it still hasn't changed yet. It's I think they're going to change it, but that phrase that term is prescri- prescribed in our law. It is, has not been changed. Again, they're working to change it. But throughout this podcast, if we say it, we're referring to, like, the legal or a quote. We do not mean it in any derogatory way. Because, unfortunately, again, it's prescribed in our law. Mm -hmm. So, So, I I think it is going through changes, though. I I think they are, too. So, um, he basically called all the indigenous people back then. Um, Indigenous people are also not one culture or race, to put it plainly. It's a very multicultural group of people, 
But anyway, he called these people savages and he basically put people into residential schools. I mean, it was a prison. It was torturous. Technically, it was like, but it was more a, a concentration camp. Yeah, that's pretty much what it was. So he gathers up all of these people and the, the people that were in these schools were children that were stripped from their families. Not only were they stripped of their families, they were stripped of their culture, their language, their belief, their, tri- their traditions, their, their cultural, um, style, their, 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 their clothing, their cultural hairstyles, everything was stripped from them. And they basically were put into these schools to be, what's the word? Like, Christianized or like, they were they were being uh, assimilated, aka whitewashed, aka tortured into being more white. By the way, when I say concentration camp, I mean the I don't mean like Nazi concentra- concentration camps. I mean the literal definition of a concentration camp, which is a place where large numbers of people, especially political prisoners or members of a, perse- a persecuted minorities, are deliberately imprisoned in a, re- a relatively small area with inadequate facilities. Sometimes pre- provide forced labor or to await mass execution. Keyword is sometimes. The term is mostly associated with several hundred camps established in Nazi Germany, but again, it can also be. It's basically just a, a an area where large amounts of minorities or political groups were um, imprisoned and not given the correct facility. So even though it's like sometimes involved in forced labor and um, yeah. So I don't mean like Nazi Germany concentration camps. I mean that definition of concentration camps. So um, there was an act called the Indian Act it was enacted in 1876, which basically, well, it's now been amended or has since been amended. But it we basically still use the phrase in our, um, like the word Indian, as I said before, the word Indian is still prescribed in our law when talking about indigenous people, which again is wrong. Um, so this act has not been completely fixed, um, but it has been. It has since been revised. So, yes. So, basically, this act was meant to allow the government to control basically every single aspect of indigenous life, whether that was their so-called Indian status, their land, their resources, their wills, their education. There was so much more that they governed, and the entire point of this act was to just terminate everything that was absorbing the um, indigenous people um, into, like, basically not being Christian. Like, they tried terminating every cultural, social, economic, and political aspect of the indigenous people. And I wanted to bring up some quotes of um, some survivors. Um, We all know... It's so easy to find what people like John and McDonald said. It's so easy to find out what these um, politicians used to say. But there are more current voices that no one talks about. There are um, a lot of voices that have yet to be heard because our culture, um, even though we've come a long way, we still tend to lean towards... um, male, white males as our um, point of history 
because it's we're still very biased in that regard. Um, so it's important to talk about other people who are more more impacted and who don't have an ulterior motive besides telling the trauma they went through. Yeah, so from Helen Cromarty, hopefully I pronounced that right, um, her quote is, she's a survivor of residential schools. Her quote is, as a residential school survivor, there were things taken away from us that we can never, ever give back. Doesn't matter how hard you work at it. I worked hard to get my culture back, my language, and I still have to work at it. There are many missing things that I can never, ever get back, but having the government apologize and acknowledge the damage that has been done, I feel a little reprieve. Or reprieve, one of those words I can't read. I can live with it, and I think that's another step forward. Why not keep going? The path is there now. Follow it. I left home when I was five years old. So my, the family bonding that all of you get when you're a child in those formative years, I don't have that. But I somehow learned that. After having five children, I worked hard at bonding. They basically took these children from their homes at such a young age so they could grow up and be whitewashed. And they weren't growing up in their culture, so they couldn't learn anything about their culture. If I'm... I don't want to... I might be incorrect, but I believe the phrase was... Um, Kill the Indian, save the child. If that was, I, I don't think know if that, that was, was in the, the law, quote. or if Sir John A. Macdonald just said that, I should probably double check. Um, but that was a prominent part of the belief, the beliefs at the time. So, along with just these children, you know, being thrown into these residential schools. The reason why it was so horrific was because of the abuses and the neglect and the torture that happened in these schools. For example, one in five students at the school was sexually abused. Sexually abused. These children were not only sexually abused, but they were physically abused. They were physically abused when they did things like spoke their aboriginal language or their indigenous language and when they wet the bed or when they would smile at somebody. If they did anything that was seemed, that was seeming provoking, I guess, they would abuse the child with whippings or strappings, or beatings, or any other form of humiliation. They would starve these children, and there has literally been thousands of deaths. Thousands. And there's even more than that that just have not been recorded. And I remember there was this uproar um, when I believe it was 150 students, like bodies, dug up at a residential school. More recently. It was obviously. more recently, yeah. And then there there has been a lot more um, searching for these bodies because a lot of them were not documented, not reported. So nobody knows how um, many deaths there have been. More than 1,800. It's definitely... Currently, uh, the record is more than 1,800. But... Um, if we're to, believe, to be believing the indigenous people who went through these experiences, as we should, um, probably a lot more. Probably a lot more than 1,800. 
I want to tell you how recent this actually was. Like, it wasn't just, like, a whole century ago. The last residential school that closed was in 97. In 1997, the last residential school closed. Justin Trudeau's father, Pierre Trudeau, was still in power when the residential school was open. Like, That's what, 24 like years our ago? our current prime minister father was the prime minister when a residential school was still open. This is not, if you, even if you think that that was long ago, just looking at lineage, you can tell that it wasn't. It really was, it honestly, it was what, 24 years ago? I can't do math. I think it was 24 years ago, if my math is correct, but... It's, but when people, I've heard the argument, or not even the argument, just, just the, um, the statement of, it's been so long, why do people care? And that's not only directed towards indigenous, but it's directed towards even the black community. Um, Your mom died when you were five, why do you still care? Yeah, so I want to bring up generational trauma. I want to bring up generational trauma because it is a thing. Um, A lot of people lost their language and lost their culture and have not bonded with their family simply because of the residential school. A lot of people are not connected with their culture the way that they should have been because of these residential schools. Even people who are generations down from from family members who have um, been in these residential schools, they still suffer the consequences of of these these leaders actions they still suffer it they still have to deal with the fact that you know their family members were were tortured starved and and they know they're dead but they know absolutely nothing about them because their deaths weren't documented and even if they were documented, they don't know where to go to see their grave because they don't have a grave. Their grave is the same as the next student. They're all, like, piled together. It's it's horrible. I mean, I don't know what else to say besides it's, it's tragic. Um, what What can we do to help? Well, for one... We can talk about it. Uh, again, as you can probably tell, me and Olivia are not the most educated on this topic. We are teenagers, as this podcast dictates. And while um, that doesn't mean that we should remain um, at the same knowledge as we are, know that we are coming out of from this at a place of um not knowing everything yet we are educating ourselves more as we go on so some things you could do about this because obviously it's horribly tragic and we all want to help i mean if you don't want to help i don't know what to tell you you're probably racist um i'm not gonna apologize for saying that but if you as you should want to help um, especially since this podcast is directed at teenagers, a lot of times when these large issues come up, including obviously indigenous people, 
um, when it comes to struggles of indigenous people, when it comes to the struggles of even uh, BLM or even like LGBTQ issues, a lot of times because we're teenagers, we feel like there's not much we can do because we can't, one, we can't vote a lot of the time. We're not of age to vote yet. We're not of age to, we don't have money to donate. Hell, we don't even have, a lot of time people won't even listen to us because we're teenagers and people don't, like they don't want to listen. So if you're an adult, there are a lot more things that you can, that you can do than we are talking about, or I'm going to tell you to do. Um, but as teenagers, I know, at least for myself, and I'm sure this is true for Olivia too, it is difficult to figure out ways to help because as young people, we often feel like there isn't much we can do. But there is. One of those things is talking about it. I know it's difficult because as I said before, a lot of the people, a lot of people sometimes don't listen to teenagers. Um, but even if you're talking amongst yourselves about it, it's very important educate yourselves um again don't use me and olivia as a way of educating yourself because let me tell you we don't know we're, we're trying to educate ourselves at the same time this is coming out of we are not educated on this topic we're not educated educated on a lot of the topics we talk about on this podcast but especially this one especially one of this gravity we are not the ones you should be coming to for information who you should be going to, as I said at the beginning of this episode, is Indigenous people. Those are the people you should be listening to. Those are the people you should be educating yourselves from. And me and Olivia are also educating ourselves as we go. This episode was solely to bring awareness to this and not to... This, no, this was not a, teach, this was not a teaching experience, as you could probably tell by the fact that we are questioning our facts as we went through this, this episode. But it's still important. It still needs to be talked about. You can also... I mean, I know petitions, they are important. You should sign petitions. Um, don't sign a petition, think that you, you've, you've cured humanity and that you're a savior, obviously not. Sign petitions with the intention to do more. Um, call your MP, call uh, parliament, call whoever you can, whatever government, government official you can to bring awareness to this topic, to bring awareness to tearing down statues of people who brought about residential schools to bring about or to call them to talk about not putting in the pipeline or any number of other indigenous or otherwise, you should be calling your um, government officials, even if you're a teenager, to um, talk about these things. So again, I know as teenagers, it's hard to um, feel like we're making a difference but we are and we can and as long even if it's just educating ourselves the education we get now we will be able to implement it later on in our lives where we can make a greater change so just because you're a teenager don't think that it's an excuse to go around your life to finish to go through your teenage years uneducated you have to learn about these things they're important and they can't be looked over what i find angering is the fact that for generations, nobody has, like, Canada has just thrown it away. Canada was like, it didn't happen. Non-existent. We don't want to, we don't want to, we don't want to come to terms with the fact that we, we, we tortured so many lives. We ruined so many families, and dare I go back to the generational trauma, that's not just behavior-wise. 
it's not just yeah. trauma from first hand, let's say, okay? It chemically, trauma chemically changes your DNA. Biologically, it changes your DNA. And that trauma gets passed down to your offspring and their offspring and their offspring. Which is why generational trauma is such... It's something that needs to be talked about more because I don't think people realize that generational trauma actually exists. Like, intergenerational trauma is a thing. I don't think people realize the severity of it because people will deal with it today. People deal with... Like, think about how... I want to... like. I can't even put myself in, like, the indigenous shoes because I am not indigenous. But I just, to think about it from their perspective, like, knowing that your ancestors or even their, like, grandparents or their, like, aunts and uncles, they probably, like, went through that. And then they have to accept the fact that only recently Canada just started opening up about it. And only recently were they getting the awareness they deserve i remember being in school and i think it was like grade four or five and then being like okay we're finally starting to this thing finally starting to integrate into our education we were in grade four or five this has been something from this has been going on for a long time these residential schools as you could probably tell are very 160 years of residential schools and 160 for us, it for just being like integrated into the education into education at least high school elementary school education i'm gonna i'm gonna highball it and say 10 years not even that because i don't want to do mental math i don't even remember when they started implementing it into it was our like curriculum five, i don't i don't, I don't even math. think it's i learned in 10 years i don't even think i learned it in like fourth or fifth grade like i think that i started learning about it in high school well it was they were starting to integrate it into the education system and when we were in fourth five whether your teacher talked about it or not that's that's on your teacher but um I think they started integrating it into the education for when we were in fourth or fifth grade, which is less than ten years. Yeah, I can't. I can't do math. That's like eight years. The thing, I'm not indigenous, so I. This may be out of place for me to say, but we shouldn't be coming at this from a place of pity, because pity is for people who are weak. We pity people who are weak. And the indigenous people are some of the most resilient groups of people on this planet. So to pity someone, at least in my opinion, is one of the most disrespectful things you can do. Whenever I see people only talking about this issue on Orange Shirt Day, or yeah. only... Or being like, oh my god, I had no idea that all these people died. I know the graves opened up a lot of people's eyes. But you can just tell when someone pities someone else. Yeah, We should not be pitying indigenous people. Because as I said before, pity is for weak people. And the indigenous people are not weak. They are some of the strongest, most resilient people 
to go through all of that and still be here in Canada. They do not they do not deserve our pity. They deserve our respect. They deserve our recognition and they deserve like they deserve a lot more than pity. They deserve reconciliation. They they persevere through the through the hate of through the through the hate of our government and our people. So to pity them is the most disrespectful thing, at least I think, again, correct me if I'm wrong, that you can do. Don't pity people who are strong. You pity people who have who have lost a battle. And who lost the battle not fighting. That's who you pity. Indigenous people did not did not just fight. But they did not lose because they are still fighting. As long as you are fighting, you do not lose. You pity people, one, who do not fight, and two, who have lost. And they have to do both in order for them to do their pity. We do not pity indigenous people because indigenous people are strong. And pity is for people who are weak. Canada's a giant country. Okay, yeah. look how... Most of Canada is not populated. Mm-hmm. But it's yes. majority of... Majority, majority of... Well, I'm going to use none of it. Like, none of it, it's, like, all islands, and it's, like, all ice. So it's and, basically inhabitable. But m- much of Canada is not populated. Yet, for some reason, well, I mean, we know the reason is all economic-based, but that's a whole other topic, whether the economy should implement, should in- intervene its way into human life, which my beliefs on that, I mean, I think you can determine from where I'm going with this, are... Not in inter- not in the interest of the economy. Most of Canada is inhabited. Is in in inhabitable. There's no one living in it. Okay, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna try to be fancy. Yet for some reason, Canada decides that it wants to go right through and invade more land from Indigenous people. So you are trying to reconcile with these people, but still try to take over their land. The pipelines. It's so stupid. And there's this pipeline. I don't care about the money. I don't care about the economy. Because at some point, you cannot sacrifice people's well-being for something man-made. Because at the end of the day, humans are part of nature. Mm. Money is made up. We gave value to paper, bro. People in power tend to do this. But we cannot put money over human lives. And even if that using, even if, even if you think it's a waste of money to take down statues of people who put, who, who opened up residential schools and played a large role hurting indigenous people, I don't care that it costs money. I doubt the indigenous people care either. You imagine waking up every, imagine waking up and your neighbor has a statue of the man who killed your parents in front of their house. And you're like, oh my God, bestie, can you take that statue down? That person killed my parents. And they're like, no, I'm not going to take it down because that person saved my cat. Like, you might not have known that 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 person killed my parents before you put the statue up but now that you know take it down like it's not about money money should not be put over human human decency and human well-being i'm sorry that's just it's not the honestly way it greed at this point like it's always is it's it's just 
people will talk about because for the non-Canadians, basically, um, we have statues, um, and there has been like as as a lot of Americans do of um, people who are large supporters of slavery. Yeah, so we have we have we have statues of like leaders who are involved in completely for residential schools, and there has been a lot of uproar recently, and those statues have been torn down. Personally, you guys one can disagree. One of our major universities, one of our major universities, was named after. Um, someone who contributed in the creation of residential schools, and they are gladly changing the name. Personally, when it's when it comes to the whole, should we tear down these statues? Should we keep these statues up? I personally think that we should tear them down because you've mentioned it before, Sophia. You're putting people on a pedestal. I mentioned it in class. <laughs> yeah, she's mentioned I did not it before. Mention it on call. But basically, you're putting people up on a pedestal. To honor them for like one or two things that are, that they did that were, you know, good for the economy or good for the country or for whatever. And then you completely are blindsided to every horrible and every inhumane aspect of their reign or their leadership or their term as prime minister or whatnot. The phrase putting people up on a pedestal is there for a reason. People, the act of putting someone on a pedestal is you're looking up to that person. You are idolizing that person. And when you put someone on a statue, you are physically putting someone on a pedestal to be looked up to, to be idolized. And we should not be idolizing these people. I we should be idolizing the survivors and putting them as statues because they are the ones who need to be, who deserve to be idolized mm -hmm. and de deserve to be recognized, not some asshole who freaking created residential schools with the Catholic Church. I'm sorry. No, I'm not, actually. I'm not going to apologize. I, I'm sorry. I, I even said it today during class. I genuinely believe that Canada has realized what they've done wrong when they started to separate themselves from religion. But not even just the government. I think that people re finally realize that things are... What they've done is wrong because religion has now become more secular. We are lucky enough to be part of classes that involve these conversations, mm -hmm. that we are allowed to express our views. Um, I know in the States, this is a big issue, you know. Um, that whole thing where they're just like, I don't want to get into it, but um, we, are, we talk about the harm that our country has done. And we are great, we are, we are extremely... Um, privilege to be able to talk about our views and express them because even though it might not seem like it being able to talk in class is is a big thing because not only is are you being educated by your teacher but the people around you who do not know very much are also being educated with you and it's kind of a beautiful thing if you think about it it's a good conversation to have it's a needed conversation it's it's something that that needs to be implemented in every single school um whether i believe that our school actually has a course on it now um we have we have a course that deals with indigenous literature that's I what don't i know. know if they've 
if they are implementing it or if they've already I be- no it. I believe our school has like aboriginal or indigenous literature like a like a whole course of study um or I believe that's like in our religion class um I think so but yeah so we have a we course go to a Catholic of, school yeah we do which go is to a Catholic huge school. thing because to be able to be talk about um the residential schools and the harm that religion has done in a Catholic school even within our school have been a lot of teachers don't feel comfortable talking about the harm that the Catholic Church has done. So we are extremely privileged to be in some specific classes that allow us to express these views, despite being in a Catholic school, because there are classes with even within our school that don't don't want to have these conversations. It's better to educate us while we're young, so we know for the future, because I know that everybody would... To put it plainly, like, if it wasn't talked about in school and, like, nobody really, like, looked at the news, we would basically be walking around with a blindfold, just, like, This goes for everything, though. No, yeah, of course. It goes for everything, but... And that being said, um, even if you're not educated while you're young, that's not an excuse to go through life uneducated. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Do your part. If you are, um older you should still learn and if there are any parents listening to this if your children talk about these issues don't brush over them as being irrational teenagers and just because you think that your teenager is trying to be different or trying to be woke or whatever you need to listen because even though you might not like the idea of your teenager quote-unquote talking down to you even though they're not or you might not like like the idea of your child educating you because I know a lot of time parents feel like they are that they should be smarter and know more than their teenager because they're older or their child because they're older. You can learn a lot from your kids. So just because they're your child, don't brush over what they're saying because these are important conversations to have. And if you are not allowing your child to talk to you about these issues, whether it be indigenous issues, whether it be LGBT issues, whether it be African-American issues, you have to allow these conversations and you cannot brush over your teenagers. This is what makes us feel like we cannot make changes because people in our own household do not want to have these conversations. But they need to happen. And just because you're older than your teenager or the people around you or that doesn't mean that you are excused from educating yourself. That same goes for old people. If you're old, if you're like in your 60s, 70s, you still need to progress and learn. You can't just use I'm old as an excuse for bigotry, no matter what, no matter what the um conversation is. And it annoys the shit out of me when people do. See, um, I, I talk about it a lot and I, not a on the podcast but i say it a lot like every time i try to educate somebody around me who who's older than me i usually get shut down because you know i'm young they think i don't know what i'm talking about and i've noticed recently that i tend to get jumbled with my words a lot and i'm not really like in the right headspace a lot but when i finally get what i'm trying to say across it 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 makes sense and and i feel like we need to get out of the stigma that that 
teenagers are only supposed to learn from their parents and their parents are not supposed to learn from their teenagers because how are you supposed to understand your teenager if you won't even listen to them or listen to their concerns and you say you know your teenagers the best or you know the people around you the best but when they come to you about issues or they want to educate you about something that you may not have even learned in school because you're for example the indigenous residential schools you probably didn't learn that growing up and we're learning it so we want to educate you don't brush that off do not turn it away we're and not say, talking down on you we are trying to help you or we might even not be trying to help you we might be able we might be trying to get things off our chest that we need to talk about so even if you don't want to look at it even if you feel uncomfortable looking at it from a um my child's trying to teach me better view look at it as a child's try my child's trying to express something that's bothering them view and then maybe you'll be more open and maybe you will be able to absorb some knowledge and grow from that as well open-mindedness is what is going to cause change i definitely believe that if we talk about an issue we're open-minded we put in the effort to educate ourselves um and we put um we make things priorities, things will change. There will be changes. There won't be just a national day for truth and reconciliation. There will be more that can be done. There will be more conversations about it other than, hey, wear your orange shirt on this day. There will be more that will happen. And to go back to the statues, um, the people you want to put on a pedestal, especially in Canada, would be like Terry Fox. Terry Fox has a statue. Why do you want... Terry Fox and Johnny MacDonald to be on the same pedestal when they did two completely different things, one being good and one being absolutely disgusting. Like, I get he was a prime minister, but like... But you're not going to have a, a statue for every single prime minister. Hitler was also a leader of a country. They don't have a statue for Hitler. No, they don't. Because Hitler was a bad person. Anyways, I think it's time to end this episode. I know usually we end with a go check out our stuff, but and you should, we're status teenage everywhere. But I think it's more important to um say try to change, try to re you should educate yourself, you should talk about I these issues, you should um learn from indigenous people. Works, you should sign petitions, you should call your MPs. Um, you should DM us if we've said anything incorrect. Yeah. Um, it's easiest to reach us on Status Teenage on, um, Instagram. We love reading what you have to say, even if it's, and we especially, um, appreciate constructive criticism for this episode. Unless you're being a bigot in the comments and you're being blocked. <laughs> um, and instead of shouting out our social media any more than I already have, I would like to... I mean, I know TikTok probably isn't the best place for information. However, I think it's important that we shout out some indigenous TikTokers um, like Sheena Nova, um, Modern Warrior, and uh, Indigenous Baddie. Um, so again, they may be TikTokers, but one place to start. It is not an indigenous person's um, job to educate you. You are not um, special. You do not. You are not entitled to their time or energy. But 
if there are indigenous works, you should read them. Mm-hmm. And you should educate yourself from the source, but don't go harassing indigenous people and asking to learn. They do not owe you anything. They especially do not owe you anything. They you don't even they don't even owe you the time an, an introduction to their you they don't even owe you owe you their name. So can we like don't it's the same for any minority group. They don't owe you reasons why they feel this way. Mm-hmm. You do your own research. Especially if it's from the source, but don't go out and harass it and harass the source, please. Anyways, guys, thanks for watching. Thanks this for listening. Yes, this was Sassy Night. Again, we apologize if we have said anything that has crossed the line. Please let us know. And this comes out of a place of yes, some probably some misinformation. Hopefully, not some misinformation, but we are still learning, and we hope. Uh, to learn more and we hope to learn with you guys and we hope that um, at the very least we brought some light to this issue Mm -hmm. and encouraged you to go do more searching yourself that's all from us this was status teenage we'll see you next week don't die stay vaccinated get vaccinated